Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block. This show is being recorded live and will be available as a podcast shortly after it concludes. We invite anyone listening to the podcast to join us live and share any input you may have and or send us feedback to our email address, which is ejsshow at protonmail.com. Good afternoon, all. Good afternoon. Hey, Steve. Hey, Jody. Hey, Mike and Ed. How's everybody? Doing good, guys. So as always, we have a thousand stories that we can talk about. So I'm going to kind of leave, leave it up to y'all. We have obviously millions of COVID stories, one or two ivermectin stories. But besides those stories, we have a little bit of news with the Durham report, if anybody remembers who that was. Obviously, we have the General Milley story. We have Nicki Minaj story. And we have tomorrow's rally. So if anybody wants to pick any or all of those to talk about before we go to COVID, take it away. Uh, I want to make sure we get to the Nicki Minaj part. I'll just put that out there. So tell us what you, what's important okay. about the Nicki Minaj story. Okay, so it's important to me, not just that alone, because, you know, I don't want to sound too Pollyanna, but I see Nicki Minaj, I see... Bill Maher starting to rant against the left. You know, I read the thing in the show notes by Michelle Malkin about, you know, it starts with one and then it's hundreds and then it's thousands. And I'm starting to just get a little hopeful sense of some people maybe in potential places of leadership uh, are starting to wake up and embolden others. And I'm just saying maybe that's some sign of hope. And so, you know, I don't want to be talked off that just so we're clear, but that's where I am. <laughs> Definitely. I wonder what the Democrat, of hope. Go ahead. Ed. I wonder what the Democrat party has in store for, for forcing the vaccine onto the black population. Uh, yeah. I, I saw a story that uh, it wasn't in our show notes, Steve, but I, I heard that uh, the white house actually called Nicki Minaj in for a meeting uh, and they're they're trying to you know tell her what she needs to say. Yeah. I um. I don't think that the that they're going to let the black community just not get vaccinated. I think they're trying to get everybody vaccinated, and I'm not really sure how they're going to force it on on the black community. But uh, I think that's something to watch, and that's something that very much interests me. Now, the Nicki Minaj story, if I'm not mistaken, was about her friend's cousin's boyfriend's male parts, correct? Something like that? Her cousin's friend's uh, testicles swelled after getting the vaccine. Right. Now, Nicki Minaj um, self-identifies as Black? Nicki Minaj comes from, um, oh, goodness, what is, it's one of the islands in the Caribbean, uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad, that's it. She come, uh, her family comes from Trinidad. She may, she may have been born in the United States, but her family is Trinidadian. And um... well, you know, I the little I watched and heard from her, she's not mincing words. She's not. She's pissed. It sounds like, and I like to see that. You know, she's fighting back and. 
I think the more we see people like that, um, the better. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw something about there was then a, a further spat between Nikki and the White House where the White House was saying, oh, we didn't invite you here. We invited you on a phone call and something along those lines. Now, the spat was was getting bigger because yeah. something like that. Well, on the, the one is oh, go ahead, Mike. I, I think it, the story cuts both ways. I think it's encouraging that somebody like her can stand up, use her platform to speak out, encourage others to speak out and try to stand up against the bullies. But the other part of it is the bullies are <laughs> doing their thing as well, trying to throw her off Twitter and, and things of that nature. But I also harken back to, um, I think it was during the whole Black Lives Matter thing. I think it was Drew Brees on, on the Saints who spoke out. One of the well-known quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL and the minute he did, boy, he backed down when the bullies went after him. So it'll be interesting to see if she keeps keeps it up and doesn't back well, down. That was exactly where I was going, Mike. And I was actually going to integrate it with with the COVID stories that Steve wants to get to. Uh, the The medical licensing boards in the last week sent out a letter to all the doctors warning them about spreading misinformation. Right. And I shared that with you guys privately. Um, and I've seen some doctors that I know personally are opposed to the vaccines or at least highly skeptical to, of the vaccines have suddenly started putting up, posting public messages that uh, you have to really read between the lines to know that they're skeptical. Uh, they are clearly trying to cover their butts if they're ever going to be audited or canceled or, or have a medical licensing board come after them. And, you know, Nicki Minaj doesn't have that same threat. She doesn't have a license, but um, she does have the same bullies coming after her. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if they make her cry uncle and they make her say what they want her to say. Now, who, is, who is her following? Young, young kids. You know, she's a rapper. And young of all races? Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Okay, because I mean, I have zero interest in her. Um, <laughs> absolute none. But I guess she has it. Because again, if you have, you know, you brought up the Bill Maher thing, and I assume his following is a very different demographic than Nicki Minaj. But the Nicki Minaj following, if they were ever to start flipping, that would be interesting because they basically are airheads, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you know, she uh, said that, you know, in her world, I, I think it was 80% of how, what was her wording? Was it of her, of her black friends? I think she said are, of the artists. Yeah. Or was it the artist? Something. Yeah. 80% of somebody in her world uh, doesn't, it has questions, doesn't want to, doesn't want to do it and is afraid to speak up. That's, that's, I think that's pretty powerful. That's, that's, you know, if, if we could, somehow help those people not feel afraid to speak up. And I think that really highlights how important it is that when people, that people are supported when they do speak up and they're not going to yeah. be supported by the left, but how can the right help in any way to support people Listen, when they speak up? I, I, That's been an issue for a long time as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't personally want to dismiss her influence Clearly, she has an influence over 
her audience to some extent. Um, and she's faced backlash, obviously, from some of those fans. But I think Bill Maher is a different story because he's somebody that's a political voice that's been out there for a long time. Yeah. And I, I think somebody like him, he, he would have even more influence, I think, on changing the narrative here. Now, he hasn't, well, he hasn't backed down yet, and he's been ripping for weeks on a bunch of anti-liberal issues. He also apparently basically said, you're scaring the bleep out of everybody over COVID and you really need to back down on this. I mean, this is not his, he's ranting about a few anti-liberal issues and I think he's trying to save liberalism, which is interesting. But who is his following? My sense is he has a much, much older following. And smaller. It is smaller? Yeah, nobody wants Well, it's smaller. different. Well. It's not like John Stewart. If John Stewart, you gotta, you gotta have John Stewart did uh, with the um, when he was on Colbert's show with the uh, with the lab leak uh, hypothesis, um, that was way more influential because John Stewart has millions and millions and millions of devoted fans, including many of my you know conservative friends loved John Stewart back in the day. So, I mean, that was, uh, that was a much more important thing than anything Bill Maher uh, did. Bill Maher sort of tries to be Jon Stewart and, and fails. Um, but the Nicki Minaj thing, it, I, don't, I, I don't quite know how to say this, but there really is a different culture and cultural connections in the black community than, than um, um, than in the white community or the Hispanic community. I mean, I, I, I don't, it, I don't uh, tend, I don't claim that I understand it entirely, but, um, but I think Nikki will have much more of an effect on the black community um, where the response will be, damn right, girl, you, you said it, go girl, you know, that sort of thing. Then I think, um, then yeah, but- I think anyone in the white community would do. Uh, yeah, but I mean, sorry to interrupt, Ed, but I, I think that the bullies see her as being influential and see that as a as a real salivating target. If they can make her say, you know what, I did think yeah. about it, I did my research and I prayed on it, and I got the vax, and you should too. I, I think that would be really powerful too, and I think the bullies know that, and that's what they're going to try and do. Yeah, I think they're trying to try and squeeze her. The question, of course, is whether they're going to squeeze her successfully or not. And I think that, um, you, I, I don't know whether you guys use social media at all, um, but I do, although not Facebook uh, so much lately. Um, and there's lots of these sort of mid-level influencers who are being paid by the government to make um, pro-vaccine, you know, post on Instagram and stuff. And I've seen it. Wait a minute. Wait, they're being paid by the governments. Yeah, like a thousand bucks to make pro vaccine a little. Wait, is that legal? Isn't that that sort of we can't influence speech, but we can pay people to influence? I don't know. I think that uh, that I think that ship sailed when they funded PBS and NPR. So I mean, I I, you know, I I guess, yeah. You know, the Surgeon General warnings about, you know, that smoking causes cancer. Yeah, they do that. They they do. They do lots of public service messages. Yeah, I I don't like it, but they I think they can do it. 
So I, I, getting back to this, I think the government is trying to reach kids um, through these like, you know, mid-level influencers, like 10,000 followers, 20,000 followers, sort of something like that. And, you know, they're just making direct payments. And of course the influencers don't care. They'll take the money. They don't, you know, it's a weird thing being an influencer, like being famous for being famous or being famous for being pretty or being famous for being, you know, making stupid TikTok dances or something like that. You know, I mean, I have seen some of them and uh, I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's, it's the, the government's in the propaganda industry and, and really has always been. And, uh, and I think when somebody like Nicki Minaj comes out, I mean, that's why it reached the White House because, I mean, you, here, here's, a, here's a rapper of no particular as if there are, is a rapper of any, uh, you know, <laughs> um, quality, but I mean, no particular quality. Um, and uh, like the, B, the BC boys are not happy with you, Ed, right now. I'm gonna yeah. tell you. Once they hear this, they're, they're not gonna And uh, right, <laughs> right. And, and here she goes saying things that they would rather her not say. And uh, the, um, the FDA came out and said, there are absolutely no evidence of, um, of testicular swelling as a, um, as a side effect of the vaccine, ignoring the fact that there are, somebody tracked this down, 46 entries into VAERS of testicular swelling uh, following mm -hmm. the vaccine. Now, you know, various entries are various entries, right? I mean, the, the, you know, the, there's good news and bad news. Obviously the, the you know, the thing about VAERS is somebody took the time to put this in, but it's just a correlation, it's not a causation. On the other hand, the number of, of actual side effects is, is estimated to be somewhere between, uh, that, that have been entered into VAERS is somewhere between 1% and, and 10%. So it, you know, there might be hundreds or even thousands of, of cases of testicular swelling that are represented by these 46 entries. So the FDA came out and lied, just outright lied that there, um, and, and they lied that there's no mechanism too, right? Because there is, there is a mechanism and it's been, you know, I've read a number of, of papers about it and that's the, um, the spike protein of the, of the vaccine uh, can and does uh, to a certain extent, a small but certain extent, leave the vaccination site and collect where there are uh, friendly receptors and the testicles and ovaries are one of the places where there are uh, ACE2 and other receptors that, that like it. And the spike protein is a kind of a poison to endothelial cells. So, I mean, you can, you, you know, it, it's a long shot. I'm not saying it's true. I mean, but I'm, what I'm saying is that what the FDA said is false. But the FDA said there's no evidence that this has happened when there is evidence. And they said there's no plausible uh, uh, mechanism and there is a plausible mechanism. Now that doesn't say that any of these things, any of these 46 reports are, are actually caused by the vaccine, that it may just be coincidence. Um, but on the other hand, what's important- What, what else could cause that? What, what, yeah, I'm, I don't know what, what else costs that, but- <laughs> There are um, a lot of jokes in here, so I'm sorry. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the point is not that we should be worried about testicular swelling. I think the point is that the FDA 
lied twice yeah. about this in response. The FDA, right? Big government organization, thousands of alleged scientists. They lied about this um, because of what Nicki Minaj put on Twitter and, and Instagram. And, um, and the president of the United States, you know, in some ways intervened. This is, this is wild. I, I can't imagine. So, you know, Ed, I, this is what my big issue really is. And, you know, I'm vaccinated and I've, I have my concerns about the vaccine, but I also have, you know, information of what's happening inside hospitals. I, I, I am inclined to believe that it is doing as love say that it is it is mitigating the severity i don't know for sure i i'm always open for continued scientific debate from what i understand it is an is it is effective in that way but my problem is the lying and the bullying the arrogance that the arrogance of the scientists the arrogance of the leadership has been so damaging that i there aren't words and you know one of the big um, one of the big sales thing I, I kept hearing in the media was, and Fauci and others were saying, and people I know were saying, well, you know, um, how, how was the wording going about, uh, uh, you know, breakthrough cases are very rare and they didn't seem rare, right? And, and so I had to investigate what, how do you define a breakthrough case, meaning uh, if someone's vaccinated, how do you define a breakthrough case? And they, I kept hearing that a breakthrough case is defined as somebody who is really sick and in the hospital. And that was what they were using to justify the, it's rare, a breakthrough case is rare. But then when you go to the CDC website to find out how the CDC d defines a breakthrough case, they were defining it as any nasal swab being positive. And so here the CDC, all these people are saying, oh, breakthrough cases are rare because they're defined as people being in the hospital and really sick. But the CDC itself is defining breakthrough cases as any positive test. So to me, I see that is so derelict that it warrant it it, it completely destroys any trust. And so even as I say, I'm vaccinated and I, I, I'm inclined to believe that it is doing good things, all of that could be wrong because none of these people are trustworthy anymore. Yeah, I think from a scientific perspective, they're just, everything is apples and oranges and cherries and green beans and and. Pigs. You know what? Let me, I mean, you can't tell what's real and what's not. What is a case? What is a case? No one can tell me what a case is. Is it a positive? You know what? I want to add. Yeah, and I want to add another another example in there because they're they're not including if you get the vaccination and then you get COVID within the first two weeks and you die, they don't count that as an unvax or as a vaccinated death. They say that's an unvaccinated death. But they also say that your there's a window of about two weeks from when you get vaccinated to when you are fully protected, that window of about two weeks, you are actually at higher risk if you get COVID 
because you're, I don't know the science exactly is something along the lines of you have a, a, you have a boost, but you're not protected. So you're at actually higher risk of dying during that window. But and there so is no I'm, fully, I'm trying, there, I'm there trying is to no ask, fully protect. Go ahead, Jody. Sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just saying, I'm trying to ask medical, medical professionals if, if I get the vaccine and then I get COVID within the first two weeks and I die, because as you say, I was actually at higher risk of COVID during that two weeks. How could you not say that that is unrelated to the vaccine? If on the one hand you're saying I'm at higher risk from COVID during that time until I'm actually protected, how can you not say it's vaccine related when it's clearly vaccine related? Well, first of it, all, none of, there's none no of what such, they say makes sense. There's no such thing as fully protected. You even said, you know, at the beginning of your remarks that. I'm sorry, protected. The, vac the, the vaccine. To, to, but, their, to their degree that right, they wanted it, to find it. But it, all it does is it, it mitigates some of the symptoms. But if you look, right. I mean, not that I'm a scientist, but from what I've read, that's almost the definition of what's called a leaky vaccine. And a leaky vaccine is one that offers the vaccinated some minimal and waning protection, but effectively teaches the virus and puts evolutionary pressure on the virus to, um, mutate. to mutate into more deadly forms. So, uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't think that there's any, this is, there's no protection from the vaccine and, and it's creating, it's in the process of creating a super spreader is, is what I, is my understanding. Uh, I just want to make a couple quick comments here. First of all, I'm a little bit confused that Nicki Minaj is black and Larry Elder is a white supremacist. I'll just <laughs> let that one hang out there. Um, as far as I know, the last time Trinidad was in Africa was when the continent split eons ago. So I don't really get that. I just binged. Um, for some reason, my browser defaults to Bing, I guess, because I use Microsoft Edge. And I literally just, just type in Mickey Minaj. And this is what pops up. Rapping Scientist offers Nicki Minaj a few bars about the efficacy of COVID vaccines. The Daily Show interviewed Trinidad's health minister to clear up all this hooey about Nicki Minaj's yeah. cousin. Trevor Noah on Nicki Minaj's vaccine tweet. This has turned into a real problem. 50 Cent drops his theory on Nicki Minaj's cousin's friends, swollen whatevers. Nicki Minaj threatens and doxes a Guardian reporter who tried to contact her cousin. Nicki Minaj's vaccine tweets were the latest test of social media's imperfect system <coughs> for stopping misinformation. Rose McGowan stands with Nicki Minaj after her controversial vaccine claims. I probably could go on and on. Most of these are stories within the last hour or two. And I guess among my many thoughts are, this is a rapper. This is a musician <laughs> who most of us over a certain age probably don't give a hoot about. And this story is unbelievably major. Like you say, the White House calls her. They're calling a health minister of a country over this. This whole cultural issue is so fascinating. I know we talk a lot about which is downstream from which. And I know like Ed Maslisch will often say, you know, something's going to happen and it may not be political. It may be cultural. And this idea of a tipping point. Are the Democrats playing their hands so heavily? They're ticking off people like Bill Maher 
and Nicki Minaj who are such naturally on their sides? And is that ever going to be this tipping point? So those are my comments. Well, I, I think Bill Maher gets it. I don't think that was Nicki Minaj's motivation. I think she just was speaking her mind on this particular issue. I, I think Bill Maher is a, I would think he looks at the bigger picture. I mean, he, he, he's a talk show host. I mean, he, he has to have enough understanding to realize that he could be in the crosshairs next. You know, I mean, he believes in free speech. That's what I take. That, that's what I see. He's a more classic liberal. And I think he's sincerely frightened by what's going on with, with the woke culture. Yeah. Somebody said earlier, they, you know, Bill Maher wants to save liberalism. And if you're talking about classical liberalism, I'm 100% on board. He's got some thick skin. So, I mean. I wouldn't call it classical, classical liberal liberalism. No, I'm, I'm not. 1980 style liberalism. I'm not suggesting that Bill Maher is classically liberal, but I'm just saying when he uses the word liberal, if that's what he's going to talk about, yeah. I'm all for it. Like I said, I think he's, he's a little bit more intellectual. Let's give him some credit for that. I, I you know, I, I think that he sees, uh, um, you know, sees the problems more clearly than somebody like me, Nicki Minaj, but she's, um, she's, she's a co cultural icon figure. I mean, maybe people already just don't know or don't care about her. I mean, I know of her and uh, I don't even know if it's black culture. I see it as pop culture. And I, I don't, I think the lines have been blurred in this day and age between what we would consider, okay, this is black culture. This is this culture. There are, she's got a lot of white fans, believe me. And there, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of young white, white fans yeah. that, that are listening to her. But that, that's a, a generation that is being indoctrinated into this kind of stuff <clears throat> where yeah. they, be, they believe in what they believe in and they're going to try to shut you the hell up. I mean, there's a certain irony. I mean, the, you know, leftists like to rant about uh, bullying. They don't, they don't, oh, you can't bully, you can't bully. You got to have anti-bullying Stuff they don't the like and everything like that, but that, that's all they do is they try to bully, bully everybody. They don't want competition. <laughs> so, you know, they need to shut her up. So, Steve, with respect to all the stories that are coming out and reaching out to a leader in Trinidad and to, to, Tobago, I mean, that's that's all they try to get her to shut the hell up. That's it. Well, I guess the reason they really need to shut her up it's sort of like when a black is a conservative, they cannot afford a chink, and the people who follow somebody like Nicki Minaj. They own 100% and a chink in that armor, probably they consider very, very dangerous. So yeah. I just think the whole story from so many different facets is quite interesting. And for some reason, I'm not sure why, maybe because I'm tired, I didn't even throw AOC in her dress into the <sighs> But again, you know, there's so many airheads and bubbleheads whose lives are influenced seriously by these nothings, absolute nothings. And that dress. <laughs> well, you know, when you put it, 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 it's, it's, it's really impossible. I get it. But when you try and put yourself into the minds of the young people who believe what these people say and don't question and don't look beyond anybody over 30, I, I, I don't understand it you know, how they can listen to things or see things like AOC and not, not scratch your head and say, none of that makes any sense. But the young people, 
you got to remember, I mean, the, the stuff that they're not exposed to versus the stuff that they're exposed to. I mean, these kids, they have no idea of actual reality. And so I, I understand why they're so easy to manipulate, but the older people, I don't. Okay, anybody Sorry. want to move on to, for anybody want to talk about this rally tomorrow? You know, we called here a few weeks ago, we spoke about why isn't anybody protesting the political prisoners and how they're being treated. And now we have this rally. I'm sorry? Of who knows how many people are supposed to show up for the idea. They're going to put back the fences in the Capitol. And now there's a story out there that this is some kind of a false flag trap operation. Anybody know what's going on? Is this rally a good thing, a bad thing, a nothing? I wanted to go to the January 6th rally, but laziness kept me home, to be honest. And uh, I'm sort of glad that it did. Not that I would have you know, broken into the Capitol or fought with anybody. Um, Look cute in one of those hats with the horns, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and that's not me. But, um, but uh, you know, obviously, I think the people who did go into the Capitol are, you know, are trespassers and definitely deserve to pay a $250 fine and told not to do it again. Why are they um, trespassers? They were invited in by the Capitol Police. Yeah, some some probably can argue that, right? But some were trespassers. Anyway, um, to make a long story short, it's obviously it's obvious that they are political prisoners, and it's obvious that um, they uh, don't, you know, certainly shouldn't have been in jail for nine months. Um, I do listen to certain right wing sources, and. Uh, um, one guy, Vincent James, who's, who's very good, uh, he was there and he, he said that there were uh, a number of people um, agitating. He, he was at the Washington Monument listening to Trump's speech and um, there was one guy who came up and started agitating him and his friends to like go and let's break into the Capitol. And his response to him is like, what agency do you work for? Because he didn't believe that, you know, any of the you know, conservatives there were necessarily agitating for that sort of violence. So um, obviously he didn't go uh, to the Capitol from the Washington Monument. He went and got lunch with his friends. And uh, so far he hasn't been abused. Um, but Nick Fuentes, another uh, right-wing guy, he has been abused. He's been put on the no-fly list and he never went near the Capitol. He was with Vince at the Washington Monument. So I think the idea of protesting the um, the political prisoners is a good idea, but I wouldn't probably, if I were in charge, I wouldn't probably plan to do it at the Capitol, you know, maybe do it at the DC jail or something, you know, where they're yeah. being held. Um, because I don't know, there's these stories like, like there's this one clan meeting or neo-Nazi meeting or whatever, where the majority of people were FBI agents or FBI informers, right? I mean, <laughs> there's no, nine Nazis and five of them work for the FBI, right? I mean, it, it's they, the Whitmer thing, right? Yeah, and, and the Whitmer thing, they they created that out of whole cloth. Um, uh, the FBI is 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 no longer in the you know crime fighting business; they're in the in the crime. Uh, instigation business. And I have no doubt that there were someone, there were some feds who weren't instigating violence at January 6th. And I have no doubt there'll be people tomorrow inst instigating violence who work for the federal government. So 
I mean, as much as I like, uh, I, I'd like to protest the January 6th um, political prisoners, I, I certainly can't, can't see myself going. And in fact, all of the people that I listen to are, who are sort of on the right American nationalists have said, stay away, stay away. So I don't know who's going. Right, you know, but I, nobody's going to go and then the press is going to flip and use that as proof that nobody cares. So they're going to win both ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to say. I mean, certainly there have been people talking about this. Michelle Malkin talks about this. Uh, Vince talks about it. Um, but I don't I don't know whether a protest at the Capitol is the right thing to do. I mean, I'm I'm certain that it's not the right thing to do. Um, it's just going to conjure up the same imagery. Yeah, it, you know, the protest somewhere else. We saw on January 6th. You no, know, protest in well, Black Lives Matter Square, right? What are the uh, chances that it's being done by the left, period? Well, I mean, there, there are all sorts of reports about January 6th about, um, you know, people dressed in black with armor and shields and stuff like that coming in on a bus, getting out and, and starting to fight with the cops. And like nobody knows who they were. None of the right wing guys who I talked to are mostly, you know, who talk, not talked to, but you know, listen to are, are, they're mostly intellectuals, right? I mean, they're not, they'll go to protests, but they're, they're not like fighters or anything. They're just in, intellectuals. And so um, they don't, nobody knows who they were. The, the people, uh, you know, they looked like Antifa. That doesn't mean they were Antifa. They, they certainly looked like them. Um, there was that video of the guy who was, uh, you know, provoking people in that little alleyway uh, where Ashley Babbitt was murdered, um, uh, provoking people to bang on the, you know, and break the doors and whatnot. And as soon as he provoked them, he sort of went in, in the back and stood by a, a policeman. So, I mean, there, there were agents pro provocateur there. I, I just don't know who they were. You know, that's the thing is like, who did they work for? I mean, did they work for some, you know, organized right-wing group? Did they work for Antifa? Do they work for the feds? Nobody knows. And we, I, I mm -hmm. certainly don't know. And uh, I don't think I don't think we'll ever know because they're not interested in investigating that. Uh, the, the indictments all have these lots of uh, unindicted co-conspirators listed in them, um, which are obviously feds or fed informants. And uh, they identified something like 20, 24 uh, unindicted, separate unindicted co-conspirators. Uh, which are obviously all feds or feds, fed informants. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any upside in this as far as, um, as far as bringing, you know, bringing media to the, uh, to the plight of these political prisoners. I mean, maybe, you know, a protest in front of Fox News or a protest in front of the DC jail or a protest in Black Lives Matter Square, something like that, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but you know, going to the Capitol again is, is probably a bad idea. I don't think we can talk about this story without integrating it together with the General Milley story because there really was a coup that took place last year or earlier this year. And General Milley was at the center of it, at least if, if Bob, Bob Woodward's book is to be believed. And Milley hasn't issued any denials. He hasn't said anything. Um, you would think that he would threaten to sue for defamation, if there if it were untrue, um, and the the allegations are, are they go beyond just General Milley. I mean, he he talked with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, 
while Trump was president and, and took orders from them, um, there really was a coup that happened. I mean, I don't know if we want to get into, you know, all the, you know, if the listeners don't know all the facts, I, I encourage them to, to go listen to them. But basically, General Milley, number one, reached out to his Chinese counterpart and told him that we will not attack you without giving you fair warning in advance. Uh, Trump is not in control. Uh, we are in control of the situation here. Uh, and what else did he say? He, uh, he was, he was trying to take decision-making authority. Correct. Right. He, 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 he issued an order in the chain of command saying that any nuclear launch has to go through him rather than through the president. I mean, we have civilian control of the military. Well, I mean, that's illegal, right? I mean, that, the, the, I was going to ask that, like, you know, I know stupid question. Are they just going to get away with it? Is there any avenue for recourse? Uh, yes, they're going to get away with. No, there is no avenue uh, for recourse. Um, the coup obviously started January 20th, 2017. Um, and it just, you know, it, it got bad. Trump himself, um, his, you know, there's an interesting article about how his legal staff led by Giuliani was dealing with the uh, sort of the legal situation after the after the steal and it was just chaos Trump was in chaos Giuliani was incompetent his staff were idiots they didn't know anything about statistics they didn't know anything about voting they didn't care to learn um, and uh, it was all very much chaos so I, I can certainly see how uh, the people in the military might be a little worried about this. On the other hand, Trump never did order anything and he never even talked about anything. And he, it, it, he, he was a person who's tried to get us out of wars, not start new ones. So that, I think the Milley thing is interesting. Now I have a friend in the diplomatic service and he, he and I have chatted, um, or he, he used to be in the diplomatic service. And he said a couple of things. He said, you know, our military talks to the enemy military all the time. Uh, you know, we're in Syria, the Russians are in Syria. We always talk to the Russians. We always talk to them because we don't want, um, we don't want an incident with the Russians where we're fighting the Russians. So when the, those Russian um, commandos who were uh, uh, disguised as, uh, you know, military contractors were approaching an American position, there was all sorts of like, calls to the Russian, you know, Defense Department is like, you know, they're coming, they're coming, you got to stop them, you've got to stop them. We, we, and the Russian Defense Department disavowed them. It's like, say, hey, they're not ours. Hey, they're not ours. Hey, they're not ours. And we killed like 400 Russian commandos with an airstrike. I mean, it was, it was un unbelievable. But, you know, in the 30 minutes as they were coming down this road towards the American position, there was all sorts of communication back and forth between our generals and the Russian generals trying to work this out, trying to get them to stop, trying to get them to pull back, telling them what was going to happen because it was, a, it was like three to 400 Russians and like 50 Americans, you know, so it was going to be a bad situation if we didn't, you know, have air support. So there's that. And the, and the same thing happens with the U.S. and the Chinese. We were, our military is always talking to them. Uh, general to general, chief of staff to chief of staff, you know, the, the, we're going to send a destroyer into the South China Sea uh, to do, um, you know, freedom of the seas, and they object, and we say, hey, look, we're not going to start anything, and it's sort of confidence building. So these, these talks go on all the time. 
he, he said, my friend said. So there's that. But when I asked him, okay, I don't trust Bob Woodward because he's lied in the past. But if Millie said to this Chinese guy, um, if Trump orders anything, I'll warn you, it won't be a surprise, which is what Bob Woodward said. What do you think about that? And he said, well, I haven't really heard much about, you know, whether that, and he sort of kind of weaseled his way. So, I mean, that's the real thing. If, if Millie said that, he should go and be prosecuted. Go meaning what? Court martial? Well, resign, court martial if not resign. Yeah. That, that, see, that's the thing. It's not calling the Chinese. They call the Chinese all the time. These, you know, the meetings are scheduled and, or they're, you know, or the Chinese, you know, Chinese assistant calls the American assistant and says, hey, we need to have a talk. Or the American assistant calls the Chinese assistant, hey, we need to have, and they set up these classified teleconferences. And Yeah, but it's gotta be with the implicit approval of the president. No, they, well, yes, of course. The, the president approves of confidence building measures between us and the others, but he doesn't know anything about the meetings or what's talked about. It just doesn't get to the White House normally, you know, Right. But, but that's why I said implicit approval. There's no way that this would have been implicitly approved because yeah. he's going against what Trump if, was. If, if he said if he said something on the order of the president's crazy or the president's mad or, the, you know, democracy is messy or, you know, any of that stuff that was out of line. If he said um, if you know, the president or something, I'll I'll tell you about it. You won't be surprised. Then that that is, in fact, um, you know. Aiding, Treason. aiding the enemy. Yeah. yeah. So he's giving aid and comfort to the enemy. So he 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 should go. And if he won't go, he should be court martialed. But of course he won't be. So the, the weird thing is that the general staff, you know, the 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 Joint Chiefs of Staff are not commanders. They are advisors. Right. Um, they have right. certain responsibilities, like the army chief of staff. He is responsible for, among other things, training the army and getting them fit. That's his responsibility is make the army work. He's not responsible for any fighting. Those are the combatant commanders. And same with the Navy and whatnot. And the chairman is just a guy who's, you know, he has a staff, he does a bunch of stuff and he's an advisor. He, he, he's not in the chain of command. The chain of but command goes- Advisor to who? He's an advisor to the president. President, yeah. He-, he not the president of China, mind you, but he's advised the president of the United States. So, I mean, the chain of command goes to, from the president to the secretary of defense to the combatant commanders. That's the actual chain of command. Right. And uh, the, the uh, secretary of defense at the time who was acting, um, he said that he did not approve of this and it was inappropriate. And he was the secretary of defense at the time. So if he says that, then I trust him because he was there at the time he was the he was the responsible party. He said it wasn't approved. My friend said these happen all the time. The SecDef at the time said it wasn't approved and it was wrong. I'm going to go with the SecDef at the time and say that Millie is, you know, he has to go. He has to go. You know, uh, why Biden gives a shit? I have no idea. You know, why why not sacrifice him? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about anybody. You know, why not throw a bone to people? But that's not the way to It's obvious work. why, Ed, because he's afraid of what Millie would say about him. 
I mean, that's the whole thing. They're all in on all these things. Yeah. And if you throw one of them under the bus, that person is going to turn into a rat. Mm-hmm. That's and true. The only way that they can stay together to, to protect themselves is to stick together no matter what. There, there well, is not a... only that. Go ahead, Jody. Uh, I was just going to say not only that, I mean, in their mind, they're probably siding with Millie. So they don't want to throw him, you know, they would rather well, reward him, don't you think? That's what I was going to say. I think putting aside it, what he actually did, and if it is true, it's treasonous. It's profound to me that we don't expect anything to even happen to him. I know. We don't I expect, we don't, uh, that's the worst part. We, we fully expect that he's going to get away with it. Right? I mean, because yeah. we've, we've seen this over and over again. We saw it with the Trump collusion stuff. I mean, this guy Sussman, who, who the hell cares about him? We know, we know who the real actors were in this. It was Hillary. You know, that's that started the whole Russian hoax. Well, he's going to get away with Sussman's it. They all get away with it. Sussman's pretty big. And uh, I wouldn't discount the Sussman indictment. I think there's no chance of him being punished because the establishment never punishes itself. But I think he's a he's big enough um, that this might this might have some sort of effect at getting information out. That, that's the only thing, the again, idea I mean, that Sussman is gonna to go to jail, that's not gonna happen. He's not gonna... Millie, Millie gets away with it. And again, yeah, every, all, all, the, all the, the ruling class that's in power doesn't care. They were happy to have it happen too. Well, I, I you so, know, I, I hate to bring this up because it's not on the list, but there was a, um, there was a, a hearing the other day in, in front of Congress where American gymnasts, Allie Raisman and um, Simone Biles and, and one other woman whose name I forget and I apologize because she's the one who gave the most damning testimony about um, being molested by this gymnastics doctor and going to the FBI and giving the FBI not just um, testimony, direct testimony at the time, you know, contemporary direct testimony that this was going on, but she, she actually went to uh, you know, the hospital and got um, you know, physical evidence and presented it to the FBI. And the FBI not only covered it up, but lied about it. The FBI agents lied about it, covered it up, changed the 302s, the interview forms, so that it made it look like she didn't say what she actually said to make the guy look more innocent. This is molesting of 14, 15, 16-year-old girls. Um, and when Christopher Ray was asked about this in, in his testimony, he said, yes, these, uh, these agents have been fired. Fired. Wait, what? <laughs> they, what? What are you talking about? Haven't they been prosecuted? Because the yes. establishment never gets prosecuted. No. Right. And, you know, they might lose their job if they do something uh, that gets out into the press, but they're not going to be prosecuted because the ruling class never prosecutes itself. So I, I but th- th- this testimony about how corrupt the FBI was in this um, child abuse scandal, uh, it, it was it was even more shocking in, in a way than what Millie did. Um, you know, I, you know, I didn't never knew. I I knew that these girls claimed that they were molested, but I I had no idea that the that they complained and complained about it, and no one would listen to them. 
including the FBI. Okay, let me ask you this. Do those girls have an avenue to charge him separately? Well, the doctor finally, I mean, the evidence became too much and it became too public and it became, uh, you know, and so the states got involved. The states aren't quite as corrupt, some states. And then the feds had to act and he was, in, he was imprisoned. But it's not so much- Can the girls charge, can the girls bring any sort of case against uh, the agents who falsified their documents? Um, so if, yes if and no. Right. I mean, uh, I obviously, there can. are laws on the books that. Um, Why? I how can somebody get away with falsifying your documents? Well, there, there. Are, well, there's criminal and civil, right? And, and so there are laws on the books where you can sue a governmental agent for uh, violating your civil rights, but they almost never work because of the doctrine of. Um, what is the doctrine, Ed? Where the, qualified immunity? Well, you're thinking well, so qualified. no sovereign immunity is what yeah, sovereign immunity or qualified immunity, where if you're they're but just so doing their jobs, then they can't be sued. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, but I mean, the civil rights statute is an express waiver of sovereign immunity, so it's, I mean, that doesn't really come into play unless you're talking about a, a suing a state. Yeah. Well, they changed the three hundred twos when it came to the whole Trump issue too with the well, it was the general um you know <laughs> brain not working the flynn, they changed the three right. on the general flynn and those guys haven't been oh. prosecuted either the question becomes how many how many times or how often do they do that right right <laughs> and get away with it <laughs> i i think that um you know obviously you should never talk to the cops and you should never talk to the fbi what's funny is i met one of my neighbors ex-fbi agent we were we we're very friendly together don't piss the fbi off though but don't talk to them. um but if you are going to talk to them with your lawyer present and whatnot you really need to record the conversation you know? well i've i've seen die hard and i know that they don't know what they're doing so. yeah, yeah i have friends <laughs> who've worked with the fbi and they they say it's almost impossible to work with the FBI because they are just so stupid they don't know anything. They're tech people, you know, and so it's not CTU, you know, it's not 24 there. It's it's more like the, the you know, Keystone Cops are the three stooges, really. All right, Steve, what do you got next for us? <laughs> what do I got next for you? Well, let's see. <laughs> The New York governor calls on Facebook to crack down on abortion-related misinformation. Mm -hmm. um, Treasury Department okay. to track financial transactions of personal bank accounts. Um, Rubio, remember him? Worried banks could discriminate, could discriminate based on political views. He's a little late on that one. And Facebook will fund fact checkers fighting climate misinformation. This cracking down on big tech, and again, a governor telling Facebook to crack down on misinformation. Again, are we scary so times far behind in this game? Okay, so on that whole abortion thing and Facebook, there was this meme that I saw going around, and it was a map of the United States, and it had this list of how in, you know, 
mid Southern America was the abortion capital, the um, obesity capital, the poverty capital, had all this list of stuff basically saying was all in the Bible belt. Okay, it never got fact checked, but I fact checked it. I went and looked through the data. The only thing that they were actually correct on is that it is a higher area of obesity. And the, the things, some of the stuff that I was fact checking that thing was denied access through Facebook. So I'm thinking, how is it that Facebook, I mean, they fact check everything on the right and call it false when it's true and true when it's false. But, you know, here we are. They're supposed yeah, to be fact checking abortion. True, but there's completely a false, totally wrong. Yeah. If it's 90% true and 10% exaggeration, they call it false. And that, that's the, you know, that's the issue. Um, no, think, but if it's 90% true and 10% not true on the right, they'll call it false. If it's 90% false, but 10% true on the left, they'll call it mostly true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's that arbitrary well, listen, and ridiculous. I mean, this has become par for the course, but listen, I've, I've had personal experience with fact checkers when I was a communications director and, uh, Listen, they, they cherry pick what they want to talk about, right? It's, it's worse than that. There was one particular instance where we proved that we were correct. Again, this is when I was at Americans for Prosperity in New Jersey. We proved that we were correct and they never ran the story. No. So there's, <laughs> okay, there's different, unless you're going to fact check everything somebody says or some organization says, and then keep the full scorecard, to me, it becomes meaningless. So there's that. It is but, meaningless. Um, there was another big Facebook story, too, that, that broke, and that's that there, there were job postings for hitmen for the drug cartels in Mexico, and they did not take it down. Can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, Trump gets taken down. I, I, I mean, how many people are, are being silenced, censored? But they, they were allowing yeah. job postings for, for hitmen for the drug cartel. Crazy. It's never about what they actually say it's about. It's not about taking down violent things. It's not about caring about facts. It's really just about propaganda. It's about totalitarianism. The Taliban, the Taliban yes. has a Twitter account and President Trump doesn't. So. Right. I know what to tell you. Right. So we touched on Durham, but basically the whole Durham report is going to indict maybe one lawyer. Like they say, you can indict a ham sandwich. And is that the end of this? Is that what's happening? Well, I mean, that, was, might, that was my point. They I might mean, be trying to squeeze Sussman into, um, which he won't because he's a lawyer, but in into trying to um, give more information on some of the other conspirators. I, he's he's kind of too high for that usually you know usually they go for low level people just flop on upper level people um he's kind of at the key point of the conspiracy um and they only got him like al you know like al capone was gone on tax evasion they only got him on lying to the fbi so you never talk to the cops um i mean talk talk to me when strzok and page and some of the other high yeah, profile so, actors involved I don't know in what's that going to happen there's so obviously is the fusion gps people 
because he worked for Perkins Coie and um, the Fusion GPS people were the ones who really did the criminal acts. So maybe they're trying to get him to give information on Fusion GPS. Does an indictment usually mean we didn't get what we wanted through pressure? So now we have no choice, but they already tried all the pressure. No. No? No, an indictment is just a formal charging instrument. I thought they usually pressure you, pressure you, pressure you, holding out indictment as the stick, trying to get you to rat somebody else out. And the indictment means you didn't give in. Now we have to take the next step. The well, thing it about, can mean that, but it doesn't have to. The thing about lying to the FBI is you have to lie. You have to, I mean, they abuse the law, so you know, forget about it. But strictly speaking, you have to lie. You have to know you're lying. And the lie has to be germane to- Material. A, a material, yeah, to an investigation, a, a legitimate investigation. So <laughs> if I talk to the FBI on, you know, Monday and say, hey, you know, I had a steak sandwich last Friday night. And then when they came back two weeks from then and say, well, what did you have that night? And I said, oh, I had Chick-fil-A that night. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not a lie because I just don't remember what I ate and that, uh, you know, so I didn't know that I was lying and it's not material to any investigation unless they were, you know, investigating a crime at the, the sub shop or whatever. <coughs> so, but they have to, they have to prove that you knew the truth and they've got this guy dead. They got him cold because they have his communications saying X and they have him communicating with the FBI both before and after him saying X, saying not X. So they have him dead to rights. Um, and, it, and there's a whole section in the indictment about the materiality of it, uh, which I think, you know, the lawyer, the attorney, um, the US attorney did a good job in writing that section. So I, I think they have him called on this lying to the FBI charge. Um, I don't necessarily think that that should be a crime, by the way, but that's just me. Um, but uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's a direct attack at the Hillary thing, you know, the Hillary structure. And the Hillary structure is very, very powerful. Um, I would not, if I were Durham, go around by myself to parks or you yeah. know, take unnecessary airplane rides and private planes or um you know be alone ever um because the hillary machine is is uh, very very powerful you're predicting suicide is what you're telling yeah uh suicide <laughs> by multiple gunshot wounds back of the head yeah but again, everybody else will get away with it. I don't know. Maybe I, he's going after Fusion GPS. I don't know. You know, it, just because you're a U.S. attorney doesn't mean you're entirely corrupt, right? I mean, there's hundreds of U.S. attorneys, and maybe by luck, like by, by, by pure dumb, stupid luck, they actually appointed one who has integrity. Um, and, you know, maybe he's going to go after Fusion GPS. I don't know. Go after Christopher Steele. Go after Hillary. I don't know. Yeah. 
not holding my breath. Might go after the Hillary campaign, right? Which has a lot of money. <clears throat> he could indict the campaign as an organization. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. Yes. Really fun. Can't they? Doesn't isn't he up against some kind of funding deadline, Durham? Oh, I'm sure there's some sort of way to, you know. I think he has to be re refunded. I don't know. That's a good question because he doesn't really work for the Justice Department anymore as a U.S. attorney, right? He's one of these special counsels. So if they can, you know, if part of these, the $1 trillion or the $3.5 trillion or the $8.7 trillion or the $47 quadrillion stimulus packages, if there's a line in there about defunding special counsels, then he's gone. Yeah, there's only two more stories that I really want to touch on. We only have another 10, 15 minutes. we got to wrap it up. But this fight between DeSantis and the White House about getting antibody treatments is kind of interesting to me, also because of the states' rights aspects. And the story out there that they're sending the, uh, what do they call them, the undocumented citizens or whatever they're called nowadays, mostly to purple states and to red states. So if anybody wants to comment on those two stories. Yeah, a friend of mine who's a doctor got vaccinated in January. Um, very good friend from when I was a kid. He, he got COVID the other day and he lives in Florida and he, he called one of his buddies who is the head of emergency medicine at, at the local hospital. So, I mean, you know, all doctors know all the doctors. right? And the doc said, oh, come in, we've got this... Um, monoclonal antibodies from Ren, uh, not Remdesivir, the other one, uh, Regeneron. And so he came in and he got it like on day three, you know, really early um, before the test came back or no, he, the test just came back. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. We have to wait three or four days for our test results. Uh, he, he, he's, him being a doctor, he got his results in like two hours. So, uh, Anyway, he took that and he took some ivermectin and, uh, you know, he had like two days of sniffles and feel lousy. And then he was back up on his feet. Um, so, I, I, you know, he, he was vaccinated and it is true that vaccinated seem to have somewhat less of a, of a problem when they get the disease. Um, he took the Regeneron monoclonal antibodies and he took ivermectin. Um, he did sort of the Joe Rogan thing, right? Because that's exactly what Joe, you know, my friend did exactly what Joe Rogan did. Now, if I were to get a positive test, right, um, four or five days, because you always get sick on a Friday, right? Like right now. Um, if I uh, got it and I called my local emergency room, um, the, you know, they tell me to go, you know, go away. Um, but my friend, the doctor or Joe Rogan or, you know, whatnot, they, they can get better treatment. In fact, I talked to my doctors, like, what do I do if I, you know, get COVID? And she said, oh, call the office. We'll get you a test. And then I said, well, what happens when it's positive? And she said, well, in Virginia, I have to hand you off to a special COVID treatment unit um, at these centers. And there's a center nearby. And I said, well, what, what would the center do? And she said, well, mostly they just tell you to go home and you know, drink, drink lots of fluids. They don't do any treatments. So. 
privilege. Yeah. Power. E equity. Wealth right? privilege. Isn't that the big yep. word now? Equity. Well, I mean, my take on those stories is if I were if I were a, a governor in a red state, if I were a Republican governor, I would I would marshal up as many buses as I could and I'd pack them with all these illegals and point the buses to California and tell them to keep going. And when they get there, let them off. Again, uh, Judge Emmett Sullivan, I'm reading this is brand new, Judge Emmett Sullivan of the U.S. District Court, the District of Columbia, the guy who persecuted Flynn, just yep. ruled that Texas cannot use the Texas National Guard to shut down entry, six entry points on the border, aiming to stem the flow of both legal and Ill illegal immigration. Now, unfortunately, Abbott's a pussy, but this is the perfect time. This is the perfect case, the perfect time, the perfect issue. It's perfect for Abbott to say to the judge, you know, go F yourself. Exactly. And, and, and he won't. I mean, uh, the you know, Constitution's clear. Federal government has to uh, protect the states from invasion. Federal government's not doing it. The state has the right to do it. The state has it's, the right to do it, right. It absolutely has the right to do it. And um, the so governor that should tell is, Evan Sullivan to go, to go scrum himself. That Article judge is 1, Section what, 10. That judge is, is basing it based on his feelings and not based on the facts of... No, he's basing it. I, I haven't read the opinion, but I guarantee you he's basing it on the Supreme Court ruling against Arizona, you know, nine years ago that said immigration is exclusively a federal prerogative and that states can't can't interfere. Uh, but Article one, Section 10 of the Constitution says that the states have the right to defend themselves in times of invasion. And I would tell this judge to pound sand, just like Ed suggested. Yeah, exactly. He won't. I think that both of these stories are, again, just pushing up against the states, just, just taunting them to nullify, secede something, because how much pressure can you put on a state like Texas, where they're literally being invaded, and now what they're doing to the other states, and they're going to change the whole electoral map that way, which is their goal, at a certain point, every state's going to have no choice but to rebel. I think, you know, the, the New Hampshire um, effort, uh, you know, to secede, um, which was introduced to the New Hampshire legislature by uh, five uh, members it's of the actually Senate. 10 now, 10 now. OK, it was five um, that got mentioned on the Tim Pool show today, which I think is really good. But the, the thing is, I think the real strategy is this. If we take control of the government. And I think this is Ed's. Uh, Ed's strategy, actually, that I'm usurping, but uh, Cloward uh, Piven, California, into seceding. Just start enforcing federal law just absolutely brutally in California. Just do, you don't have to invent new laws. All you have to do is like, all you FBI agents who are, you know, making up crimes uh, and, uh, you know, trying to imprison otherwise peaceful people, you're all going to California and you're going to, and all you DEA agents and all everybody, that whole federal bureaucracy, anybody who works for the federal government with guns goes to California and starts enforcing every single federal law, and um, which is within the power of the president. 
And uh, when you do that, uh, then you, you cloward pivot them to secede. And that it's not for New Hampshire to secede or Texas to secede. It's, it's to so completely screw up California beyond all recognition that it forces them to secede. And then instead of pulling a Lincoln, you say, later. Well, they're doing their best to destroy themselves even without our help. But yeah. yes, I agree with everything else that you said there, Ed. Yeah, Ed, I was anxious to hear your thoughts on uh, Newsom in the, in the election. Well, he both Ed, lost Ed. and he, he lost, or he, he won legitimately, but there was a lot of cheating. I think that's the real, you know, the real story. I think we all know there was cheating, but there was not that much cheating. So. But no offense to you, Ed, I was talking to the other. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you don't live in California either, you know. No, because I know Ed uh, had posted on Facebook and I know he has some thoughts on it. I oh, was okay. really curious as to his takeaway. Well, I mean, I, I knew that, that Newsom was going to win. You know, as I, as I mentioned before, or you're referencing my, my public posting, you know, when, when you get Obama, when you get Elizabeth Warren, when you get uh, Kamala Harris, all these people that come out and support you, politicians do not come and support a losing candidate. They do not come out. They don't put their necks out. They don't stick themselves on the line. If it were a 50-50 proposition, they wouldn't be out there trying to fight for their guy. They would be staying, they would be treating Gavin Newsom, they would have been treating Gavin Newsom as radioactive because they didn't want to be part of any kind of loss. So I, I knew that he had it in the bag. Um, I don't know whether, whether how much cheating there was. I'm sure there was a lot of cheating. Uh, unlike Ed, I'm not willing to say that uh, even with a big margin, it still could have been because of cheating. I don't know. And i really, I don't have an opinion on it. I don't care. Um, to me, investing in California seems like a, a poor investment of our time and money, it, except if, except in so far as the strategy Ed described, uh, trying to save California right now. Uh, you know, I, it's a beautiful place. I went to college there. I, I loved living there, but uh, they are so far gone and there's so much damage done there. Uh, we need to sort of cordon it off and rope it off. Um, so it, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, Larry Elder would have made a good governor. And I hear he's going to, he's thinking of running for governor next year in the formal election. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, it, Elder's message was save California. We've got a state to save, save California. And they do have a state to save, but I'm not sure it's savable at this point. So uh, I hate to be doom and gloom about them, but, um, you know, I, and I think, I think that the cheating is, is we don't trust elections. We meaning we, those of us on the right, we just don't trust elections. Um, and that's a really um, culturally significant point. We're not going to, we're not going to, you can't remain a free country when, when 50 or, or 45 to 55% of the population doesn't trust the electoral process and um, how that's going to shake out. I'm not exactly sure, but it's pretty clear to me that people on our side don't trust the electoral system. And I think with good reason. 
in, in the Nicki Minaj, we talked about the importance of this cultural uh, thing. Um, Sarah Silverman, the alleged comedian, uh, with uh, someone I never thought was funny or talented or anything, but some people like her has just come out and stated that we uh, need a national divorce. They go their way, we go ours. Um, this is getting Yay. more into the zeitgeist, um, this idea of a divorce. And she used the exact terminology we use. It's like, if people hate each other, why do they have to remain married? They yes. Get divorced. They go their separate ways. They do their own things. And she said, why should a country be any different? And that's exactly right. By the way. As, uh, so, I mean, that's the first thing Isn't I've ever it, heard. It feels really good to agree on something. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's obvious, right? It's obvious. Yeah. So, um, I, I just never thought I'd hear it from somebody uh, as crazy wacko leftist as Sarah Silverman, but she's absolutely right. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Irreconcilable differences. Yeah, irreconcilable differences. Okay, folks, anybody want to do a very quick uh, wrap ups? Well, I think I'll, I'm good. Say, I'll say something on the positive front um, for. Space tourists were launched into uh, orbit, a very high orbit, 360 miles um, by SpaceX. Uh, none of them were astronauts, none of them were pilots. They, um, they got some training, obviously, and they did some physical training. Um, uh, two were sweepstakes winners, and uh, one was a rich guy who paid for it, and the other was um, someone from St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital who he, he sponsored, a nurse. And... Um, it's, uh, it's cool. We have an automated spacecraft. It's in orbit. They're having fun. There's a big bubble on the front so they can all stick their head up and see into space. And uh, um, this is real space. This is not what those other guys did a while back with the planes where they go up 60 miles and claim that they're astronauts. This is 360 miles in orbit for four or five days. Um, a totally automated spacecraft. No you know, fighter pilot or test pilot or anything. The first time uh, you know, that has ever happened where a non-pilot has uh, done it. And I think it's just absolutely amazing. And I think that, um, you know, there's going to be another one in, in the fall, I think, and another one next year. And I think it's, it's, I think it's just great. And I'm so, you know, for all we talk about how bad the United States is getting, I'm, I'm proud to live in a country where people like Elon Musk and SpaceX can, can flourish despite the government. Here. Well, that's a good story, Ed. I think we, we, we can't end the show without mentioning Biden's uh, threat or uh, hit the, the mandates that he's going to force people to, to take a vaccine. Um, if you don't have control over what comes into and out of your body, I don't know how you can consider yourself a free person. If, if they can put, if they can force you to take a foreign object and put it into your body against your will, I, I'm hard pressed to think of anything they can't do to you. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's a point that needs to be underscored and, and mentioned every time. Um, I think 
I think it's beyond an outrageous threat that he's made. Um, you know, telling us that his patience is wearing thin with us is another thing that I think is just unbelievable than any president could say to the American people. Um, my patience is wearing thin with him, just in case anybody else from the NSA or any of them are listening. Um, so God bless you. But, um, and, and, you know, middle finger to you too, Mr. President. But I think that, I think that that's a, a, a cultural watershed. And, and if we don't, if, if that's not the hill to die on, then we're already dead. I mean, this, if we don't fight over that, then I don't know what else we can fight over. And I'll just connect it also with, with the Texas heartbeat law that I brought up, you know, I think two weeks or so ago. Um, it's amazing to me how many people are on different sides of the fence on that. You know, there are so many people that, you know, that, that felt like that feel like abortion is just a sacred right. And you, uh, that, you know, even Kamala Harris, you know, an hour and a half before Biden gave his threat was talking about how a woman's right to control her, her body is a non-negotiable issue. Right. And, you know, the, the tone deafness is just, it's stunning. Um, I know that, that what unifies their position is just, they think that they can do whatever they want to do. Um, but I think that that's, that, that's, that's just something that can't, I don't think we should have gone through this show without actually, without mentioning that. So I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned it before we go. Can I say something real quick with that? Because it really highlights, you know, when you try and say, it's not a small thing to ask people to inject something into their body and the left will say, it's a very small thing when it's juxtaposed with a human life. To save a human life, you wouldn't inject this into your body. Okay, don't put aside the irrationality of that. I wanna look and say, when you agree with that, with a, with a, a human fetus, and your argument is a woman shouldn't have to give up her body for eight months to grow a human fetus. That's the, you can't ask a woman to do that to her body. When you can say that, you know, it goes both ways. Wait, a woman can't give up her, her body for eight months to grow a human fetus. But wait, you're going to tell me I have to get an injection in my body to save another human. They, it never makes any sense. But I'm just saying, I'm, I want to start throwing that back at them and say, you can't have that both ways. Either a person's body is their choice or it's not, regardless of what it does to another human. I think that anybody who's willing to, to point a government gun at you and force you yes. to put, put that into your body, that's not someone I'm ready to debate anymore. Um, yeah. That's, we're at the point of, of resistance. And, and that's, what, that's the point of my comment, that this is the time for resistance. I'm not, I mean, if they want to listen to reason, fine, but... Um, this is not a time to debate. This is not a time for nuance. Uh, you know, I, that was another thing that I said during the last week or so. It really, it really galls me when I see all these people that say, well, you know, I took the vaccine, the vaccines are good, but they shouldn't be forced. And, and I think that's such a counterproductive position to take. 
if you really think the vaccines are good, go for it. Take it yourself. But to lend your sanction to these to, to, to lend your sanction to these vaccines and to, you know, to laud the, the goals of the fascists and only object to the means that they're using to implement their goals is just so evil and so vile to me. Uh, their, their means is the whole game. And, when I, and, and just to clarify what I'm saying, you can't go and say, well, they mean something well, but they shouldn't force it. You know, the force is their means, it's not just their means, that's really their end. Their end is to control us and to force us to do what they want us to do. And they've made that very clear with how we can dissent, with what we can say and what we can't say. Um, you know, we talked about Nicki Minaj. I mean, they're not going to point a gun at her, but they're, you know, they're trying to force us to, to do what they want us to do, if they, if, even if they have to starve us to death. If they keep us out of restaurants, if they keep us out of grocery stores, if they cut us out of employment opportunities, I mean, these are people that won't stop until we're dead. And it's time that we that we recognize that and, and act accordingly. Well, the, OK, I know we have to close, but there are people who believe the vaccine is good. But so what you're suggesting is that they stop believing that. No, I'm not saying that at all. Look, I, I think, I think, you know, I think a ketogenic diet is really good. If, if the government started pointing guns at anyone who was eating sugar, which right. I think is awful. But, but people, I, I would, and people in healthcare who believe it's good and took the vaccine and say, I believe it's good, but that doesn't mean it should be mandated. You're saying they're evil for saying it's good. I'm saying that they should they should keep it to themselves that it's good if they think it's good. I mean, I just don't see the, the, it's not well, even I don't virtue think, signaling. I, don't think I mean, most people, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, wh why is that any different than the left silencing people? Why, you know, shut up. I'm not looking to, I'm not, I'm not going to point a gun at them and tell them to shut up. I'm just saying, I think that they're undercutting the moral confidence of anybody who wants to oppose what the fascists are doing. I mean, but if what they, if, if they, these vaccines really are good, then then at some point they are going to get forced. I mean, is anybody really? Them to, I think that's kind of violating their conscience because their conscience, if they believe something is good, then they want other people to participate in it by choice. So for them to even say, "I'm right. not going to say it's good," in their mind, it actually saves lives. So of course they would want to vocalize. This is good. Okay, but but the whole lives. point is, it, okay, maybe it does save lives. But I mean, I think that's debatable. But even let's assume that that's the case. The, the, the fundamental issue is that it's being forced at gunpoint yes. on unwilling people. That right. is the but, issue. So and would, that's the they only would be issue. against that. They would say, no, I would not support. There's people in the healthcare system who are vaccinated, who are standing up and saying, no, Look, we will not support mandating it. Let me try it like this, Jody. It, it's sort of like the Republicans who say, we need to help the poor. The poor deserve our help. We need to help them. We need to give money to them. But it can't be through the welfare state. It's got to be through private charity. Now, I don't disagree with any of that. But when they do that, they cede the moral high ground to the Democrats. And the Democrats just bang them over the head time and time again and say, you hate the poor. 
You want granny to die of starvation. You're going to wheel granny off the cliff, right? You can't go and say to the other side, well, your goals are good, but your means are, are not good. When you, go, when you go and say that your goals are good, you're undercutting yourself. Okay. This is a whole show we could do because this is a very big topic for me. I would love to do more. I know we can't, but I have a whole bunch to discuss. We seem to end every show, Jody. We end every show. Well, that's a whole new show we got to do. And then we got to talk about it during the week, I think. Yeah. Well, that's called called a teaser. That's called a teaser. We're going to close for today. Thank you all very, very much, folks. We'll be up as a podcast very shortly. And we will be back on next week, Thursday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. And after September, we will be back to our regular time, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, guys. Have a good week.